Welcome, everybody, to episode 44 of Digesting Cinema with Aaron and Christina. I am your host, Aaron, and as always, I'm joined by my fellow host, Christina. And this week, we're back. It's been a while, but we're back with a guest. The guests have become special. At one point, I felt like we had like a guest every week at the beginning where we were like, oh, this is so great. And then kind of slowed down as life started happening a little bit. And now... Here we are, back with a special guest from across the pond, as they say. Jonathan Knowles. He screwed up because his name on here is Johnny K, but it's Jonathan Knowles. That's why I know him as, at least. Uh, Fan Leaguer, I know you mostly for your animation prowess, so I apologize if I'm limiting you there. But, uh, Jonathan, how are you doing today? I Yeah, it's absolutely great to be here. You messaged me like really early in the year asking which one I wanted to do, and I wanted it to be this one, and I wanted it to be this film. I've been looking forward to discussing stop motion, the importance of it to my culture, I suppose, over here, and comparing it to how you guys see it, especially in, with this studio we're going to be talking about, as well as this specific film, which was the only film by this studio that I hadn't seen. So I was looking forward to watching it. Looking forward to okay, it. that solves my first question. So I'll take that away. I really wondered why three months ago you requested <laughs> not just Sean the Sheep the movie, Sean the Sheep Armageddon. Well, I, now it makes a little more sense. You had not seen it. So yeah, it is. Let's face it, the best title of any movie ever made. You have uh, to understand from my perspective here. I don't mean to give away my side of it, but frankly, <laughs> I think if people have seen this movie, they're going to know how I feel about this. I rather infamously state my hate for a particular movie, but I'm going to hold off on that because that's going to be, I think, a decent part of this. But uh, I am excited to talk to you overall about Hardman Animation, which this is a part of, which I did not know much about. So I'm excited to talk to you about that. And I do appreciate you being on here. By the way, the movie we're doing is Shaun the Sheep, the movie Farmageddon. Uh, I probably forgot to say that at the top. Uh, the category or genre for or theme for this week is stop motion animation. This is from 2019. It was released on Netflix over here. So it is completely available for anybody who's looking for it. Before we go any further, Christina, how are you doing? I am doing great. And I'm really excited to talk about this because I don't think I realized, first of all, I'm going to just, I'll, I guess I'll show my card. I thought it was Sean of the Sheep. Like I thought this was a Sean of the Dead parody. And then when it was Farmageddon, get in for i realized this was a sequel so i thought the first one was a Shaun of the dead parody and then when this one was sean the sheep armageddon i thought it was a Shaun of the dead slash armageddon parody so i went into this totally thinking this was going to be much different than it was and i didn't realize that this was like a full-on like british thing i just figured it was stop motion animation i like <laughs> stop motion animation so i didn't realize i was one an idiot and two getting like a big cultural lesson all in one so i'm excited to talk about this now that i know that it's not a parody of Shaun of the dead or armageddon <laughs> no no not either and i also this is my first Shaun the sheep movie as well i've watched a few stop motion animation films this year frankly one of my favorite movies i've watched from any year this entire year was a stop motion animation film it was mary and max absolutely highly recommend that to everybody out there uh, i know christina's husband watched it this week for his stop motion animation movie i'm not sure if he's finished it yet but he messaged me with some words about me misleading him on how emotionally wrecking the movie was this movie a little bit a little bit easier of a watch for sure but before we dive too much into it we got our first rating to do which is on the imdb synopsis which our imdb synopsis reader herself christina has for us 
When an alien with amazing powers crash lands near Mossy Bottom Farm, Sean the Sheep goes on a mission to shepherd the intergalactic visitor home before a sinister organization can capture her. I said yep. uh, the synopsis for uh, Sean the Sheep Farmageddon, not E.T., so if you could just read that again. <laughs> Sean the Sheep Farmageddon this time. Oh, that was that was a synopsis. Holy shit. They're the same. Same synopsis, so therefore a zero out of five for me. First of all, for them having the audacity to say that the sh- like what they say the powers are amazing. Yes. Okay. So one point. I don't know what your We're issue is. But not five. I mean, those powers are amazing. She can move things a small distance. What more could anyone want? And you tell it like implant a memory at one point for some reason, then never does it again. You know, never. I don't know what more you could ever want from a movie. <laughs> it's very plot convenient. I'll give you that. That yes. is amazing. That is my favorite thing is when things just show up because of plot. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the synopsis, Christina? Yeah, I mean, that's what happened. I, I mean, I feel like it's a little misleading to say that it's a sinister organization because I think that once we find out what that is, I think think it's actually really beautiful but yeah i mean this move I'm, you know, I'm just jumping right in. I'm, I'm not even rating the synopsis. I'm just going to say that, like, one, again, I already said it, but, like, I definitely thought that this movie was a huge parody. It definitely seems like it's stealing a little bit of E.T. slash Blue's Clues um, because that alien is 1,000% blue from Blue's Clues. And I don't know if anybody else had thoughts on that, but I don't know if you guys watch Blue's Clues. I did because I have a younger sister, so, like, Blue's Clues was the shit when she was a toddler, so I've watched a lot of episodes. I mean, it just, yeah, oh, I didn't... Jonathan, oh, they don't have Blue's Clues over there? That's not a big thing over here. Is oh, that like a kids' entertainment show or yes, a learning show? Google, or? It, Google it real quick, quick, Johnny, and you'll see what Blue looks yeah, like. Yeah, it's like it's like a, it's like a you know a little fake dog shows up and he's like, find these zippers on the screen, and then you have to like point to them. They're like, did you count four? It's a, it's a kids' show. I mean, I honestly, for me, I very quickly got this was stop motion et for me it was very very difficult to get that out of my head and that is the movie i was kind of hinting to i despise et now i get it it's some people's like one of their favorite movies growing up i didn't grow up with it first of all and second of all i just find it kind of boring like this is nice yes correct all of these things so we're very it's, I lo- no, this is, this is exactly what I wanted out of this discussion. I was really hoping that, I'm not going to lie, him wouldn't like it as much. Just so I could talk about what, because again, I wanted to chat about, just before we go into too much detail on the film, the cultural importance and significance of Aardman and this character over here. I, I can't undersell that. Like, have you seen much Wallace and Gromit? No. Okay. For context, Wallace and Gromit have made four shorts in a film. Of those four things, I think three won Oscars, like proper Oscars, not BAFTAs, your real Oscars over there. The fourth short aired in 2008 on Christmas Day and was the single highest watched thing in the UK that year. As in, more than any sporting event, more than any news event, more than anything, we watched Wallace and Gromit, <laughs> a matter of loaf and death. Like, it's so quintessentially English, but also because of that, everyone's seen it, everyone knows it. it I say, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating when I say it's culturally relevant over here. And in comparison, we have that. What we don't have is Adam Sandler, who you guys can just keep over there because his films are fuck all over here. No one knows them really that well at all. 
I don't really know if as an American, I want to claim Adam Sandler out of all the things I can claim. Aaron um, might disagree with me on that one. But yeah, I mean, I didn't realize I do enjoy stop motion animation. So I just haven't seen, I'm trying to think of like genuine stop motion animation that I've seen. Like Nightmare Before Christmas is probably one. Yep. Coraline I've seen. And then like when I was younger, like, I don't know if you guys have them over there. Like there's like a lot of Christmas and Easter specials, like the year without Santa Claus and Rudolph. They have not, they have absolutely not made their way over here. The Rankin Bass stuff is not a thing in the UK. Okay. So this is its own studio over there that it's like, I guess I don't understand the cultural, I don't know, because I think we just, we have it over here, but it's not, because we've Pixar over here. So it's like, obviously. Oh, no, Pixar's over here. Pixar is the dominant, uh, of, you know, main Disney, the dominant, you know, studio we have in terms of of animation over here in terms of what people go and see uh but Ardman is probably our only really big one that actually makes things over here and they're i say they're quintessentially british and say started doing shorts for quite a while and then moved on into feature films some of which i'm sure you you may have seen have you seen chicken run uh i haven't seen it but i do remember it being like advertised when i was younger humongous film over here uh walls and gromit curses the were rabbit i think is in the top 50 highest grossing films in the uk like, I'm really not exaggerating. These are monumental things over here. And Sean the Sheep has a legacy going back to 1995. But you picked this one because this is the only one you hadn't seen yet. The only odd man, not just Sean the Sheep verse film uh, that I hadn't seen. And it does stand alone. I mean, I don't feel you need to have seen the TV show, the other movie, and the short he came from in order to understand the sheep on the farm. Well, that was our big thing last week when we knew that this is what we were watching. We were like, we're just going in. We're watching the sequel. So I was like, I don't know if you're going to need any information from the first movie, but we're not watching it. So hopefully it's easy to figure out. So the movie opens up and we... I guess see our barnyard friends again. And I love the part where it's like the dog is just basically Aaron who just like hates everything and has all these rules and the sheep aren't allowed to do anything. And they like make this plan to like still get pizza, which I like did appreciate that like the sheep enjoy pizza. So, but I will say the whole movie, there's no, it's silent. Here's the thing that bothered me though with this movie. And I don't know. And I guess Jonathan, you can speak more to the style of these films. I didn't like though, that it wasn't a pure silent film and that they like mumbled and made weird noises, especially when like the humans would do it. I thought it was super weird when they'd be like, and I'm like, I feel like that's a time where you can just use your words. I guess it's finding the balance, isn't it? It's finding the part where you, if you have a few lines, I think it's even more off-putting. I guess it's just background to Sean the Sheep if you aren't aware. Sean the Sheep first appeared in 1995, I think it was, in the Academy Award-winning short film uh, Wallace and Gromit in A Close Shave. It was the third of their short films. He appears there as like a side character. You know, it's about them starting up a, like a, a knitomatic business where the sheep goes in, it gets all sheared, and then it turns into woolly jumpers. Uh, and the sheep's fine at the end. That stuff really took off in the UK. I was saying before, like, Wallace and Gromit are humongous over here to the extent that in 2008 their fourth short film aired in the UK on TV on Christmas Day and that was the single most watched thing uh, in the UK that year. More than any sporting event, any news event, anything we all sat down at like 7 o'clock on Christmas Day to watch A Matter of Loaf and Death, I think it's called. All of these uh, parts are terrible. I mean, all of them are so bad. Yeah, they are. They're, they're absolutely terrible. Why do um, people love terrible puns so much? Because we have nothing else to live for. You <laughs> know the that. Now, it's yeah, the English language. <laughs> but sure so, but would it, yeah, would it be sure fair to call Hardman 
basically Pixar for American layman's. Is it that large? Is it that kind of ubiquitous with kind of British family culture? It used to be. Wallace and Gromit was huge. And these three shorts were massive. Like The Wrong Trousers is their most famous one. Again, that won the Oscar for their short film. And it's absolutely hilarious. It's got a full-on speaking part in Wallace and the Silent Dog. And it's it's a brilliant short film. They then went on in to make um, like some full-length animated uh, full-on movies with the stars in the noughties. The biggest grossing one was the first one, Chicken Run, which you might have seen or you know about. Movie. Yeah, and then they made the Wallace and Gromit movie, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit, and again, that's starring people like, you know, Helena Bonham Carter and Ray Fiennes and people like that, and Peter K. I probably get a, a, a far bigger cast. After that, the films have kind of taken a downward trajectory in terms of commercial success, both worldwide and in the UK. Um, they did a couple of an, actual full-on animated ones, not stop motion. So they were flushed away, which no one really likes, but they did it after Christmas, which you might have seen. I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. Yeah, again, that was a reasonable hit. Since then, they've done, it's called Pirates and Adventure with Scientists, the first Shaun the Sheep movie, Early Man, which was commercial failure, and then this one, which came out in 2019. Um, so in terms of how big they're being, these, uh, how big a hit we're getting, they are really tailing off. I don't really know where our man is going to go next from these. They do need another hit. But those original ones are seen as being classics. Say most people in the UK can quote Chicken Run. If not verbatim, we can, we can give it a good go. I don't want, I don't want to be a pie. I don't like gravy, etc. But yeah, Sean the Sheep then turned into a kid's show. And it was a, like a full-on like 20-minute short airing at 5 o'clock for kids. And it was when that was getting such high ratings because families wanted to watch it, like the parents really enjoyed watching it with the kids and then watching it by themselves, that they then made the first movie and then this one. And I think it does have that vibe, that this was a kid's show that they've tried to make into a family movie. I think very successfully, but whereas like Chicken Run and Wallace and Gromit, they are for all the family from step one this i feel was a kids film first and then they built more family entertainment on top of it it does feel a bit imbalanced maybe to that extent for me yeah but i think it's so the, the silent part the mumbling is sean the sheep thing not necessarily the everything that's like the sean the sheep thing okay yeah, yeah they talk, they're talking in all of them apart from the sean the sheep tv show and then the previous movie okay. and i guess that was, that was driven by probably budget when they're making a tv show and wanting to have like you know make turn out a lot of episodes and having all the stop motion stuff it was easier to just do a few as opposed to having to record the lines first and then animate over it and around it which is time consuming and hard the way they do it they can do the animation first and can then go blah 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 blah, blah uh yeah. to kind of fill in um fill in and meet the mouth and, and i had no idea that. i had no idea it was set up that way at the beginning either so it was definitely surprising to me when this is essentially like a silent film you know but there was still the thing was there was still noise like the mumbling it it i would have rather had nothing in like little like speech bubbles or something than hearing the mumbling and then the like mumbling it was didn't weird me with the alien or the animals the mumbling only really bothered me with the humans because i was oh, like, opposite beings, i'm like human beings can speak so like it makes sense to me that like we're just getting the emotions through the animals and we're just getting you know the story because that's how it is when we interact with animals in real life we can't actually speak to them we have to look oh, at them well well yes we can i talk to chico all the time and but his voice has been in here many uh, disagree not uh, in english yeah that, just like that's a whole another so like for me I was fine with the people making the noise. Like one of the few times I laughed at the noises is like when the phone is answering, it's just like, like it's just like, we know people, we can read human emotions. I think it would have been cool if only the humans made those mumbling noises and everyone else talked because I so can't weird. read an alien. 
But it's so exaggerated. That's why I find it funny. When the crowd disappointed, they're not going, oh, that's a shame. They're going, oh. And I find that kind of over-the-top reaction to everything. I thought that really works throughout most of it. There are a few good noise gags, notably. Yeah. We're we talking before about the, the aliens' amazing superpowers. It can mimic noises. This is played about four times in the movie. The first one with the train, when they go under a tunnel and you hear the train going on top. It just repeats the train horn for no reason. Then it comes up again later. Uh, that really got me really laughing it's funny and i feel that you, you're right they don't use the human voice and human inflections for the punchlines in really any scene but they do use a lot of other sounds which i thought were effective i think for my favorite joke in the movie is they're in a hiding in a bin and one of them goes shh the other one goes shh it's all quiet then they burst open a bin the lid hits the car next to it and the alarm goes off and we go straight from the complete silence to near near and so it, it knows how to use that kind of sound to make a really good effective joke i fully appreciate that if you're expecting like comic timing uh, from like uh, lines of dialogue which i guess is more of an american stand-up quick fire thing you're going to be disappointed by it i didn't mind the emotions i just felt like when the farmer goes to like introduce his show i'm kind of like that might have been the time where like we should be speaking instead of just wah, 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 wah. Like, I'm like what's happening that's fair that's completely that fair. was like the only time where i was like all right because like, the humans really aren't in this we have the farmer we have the old guy in the beginning and then we basically have like the secret agent who has like a robot friend that's trying to to find the alien so like it made i was okay with them not being talking because it was the alien and the and the animals but then i was like you should be speaking. But that was like my biggest qualm with the movie. Other than that, though, I really, really liked, I liked the way they used the sound effects. I liked the way, you know, everything was exaggerated over the top. It's one of my favorite things. When Girl Shy is still one of our favorite movies we've watched so far. And I love that aspect of silent movies. I think that part worked really well. I don't know if I was totally in love with the story until maybe like the second half of the movie, maybe even the third act where I was like, oh, this really is like a really touching movie when you find out that like, you know, the alien's a kid, the alien's a baby, you know, like, because you don't really know any of that. You're just like, all right, this alien's here, just like fucking shit up in the supermarket. In and, the supermarket. Yeah, <laughs> that and scene just, is amazing. Yeah, that's, that's, that's my favorite wild. scene. That's my yeah, favorite that's, scene in the movie. So. That scene is definitely the best one because it's right after the bit that you just said where they're trying to be sneaky mm -hmm. and they get to the supermarket and then they wreck havoc and then they basically wreck havoc in the supermarket because the alien decides he's going to have all the sugar and all of the soda. And it's like, that's exactly what happens to like a three-year-old if they were to have too much sugar and they like while out and go crazy. Rave music starts playing. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. And they just knock everything over. The massive burp that just like actually causes earthquakes and like... Cuts to Africa where yeah. a lion on the Serengeti is revealed when the antelope turns around because of the burp. So good. <laughs> That part was good. That part was good. And that's it. Like, I don't think anyone, anyone, Aaron, could watch this and not find some things that they go, huh, that was funny. Oh, that was enjoyable. No, I, de I definitely, I, I, yeah. I got the, huh, that was funny. I never laughed out loud. I was by myself. Maybe that's part of what it was. And, uh, I mean, I definitely got the references to 2001 Space Odyssey because there were 2001, 2001 Space Odyssey references, I feel like, in the movie. Uh, which, I, you know, I like that. It's, you know, like... Uh, I thought that was really funny. I loved the toast uh, looking like the monolith when it came out. And like, you know, that's like, I think a word term you guys use cheeky. I feel like this movie is very cheeky throughout. It's just like, huh, not, ha, 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 but like, it gives me that first, huh, or like, oh, that was clever or, 
And like that, that is the British way. Thank you very much. I know. That's what this we is do. What One gentle the... huh, and then we'll move on to the next line. Thank you very much. Right. We can't, we can't double over. We've got things to do over here. This uh... is what gets in the way of so much British entertainment for me, whether it's like the disturbing kind of, huh, or it's like the laughing, huh. Like, you guys don't go to the next, like, huh, or huh. Like, it's just... Yeah. It's like slightly perturbed. Right. We don't take it too far. We like know it? when a joke is like, you know, that will be drama. We need to like, milk it. drama. It's all like just slightly perturbing what is to be expected. That's like where the entertainment is for you. Like, <laughs> that's Downton Abbey in a nutshell. Downton Abbey, slightly I, perturbed. That's what I'm saying. Just, oh no, like Lady Crawley, I'm miffed. It's. <laughs> Right, that, like, that's how you guys get off. And for me, I'm like, yo, I like to like be like shocked a little bit. I like to see some. I don't know. And this movie, did, nothing in this movie shocked me. I guess like it's not that kind of movie. That's um, fair. It, it, it is very by the numbers in terms of the plot. As soon as as soon as the opening setup happens, where Alien arrives on Earth and befriends small sheep. How they go along the journey, I think, is exceptionally charming and lovely. But ultimately, it is, we've got to get her back to the family. How are we going to do that? Well, we're going to try, and about two-thirds of the way through, something's going to go wrong, but then we'll find a way in the end anyway, which is the plot of a million different kids' films. And they never really twist away from that generic concept. I think most of the things that are, oh, okay, are in the subplots. To the extent you can call them subplots, most notably the farmer who, when aliens appear and people find aliens, decides to exploit this entirely for money and open a theme park called Farmageddon, which is total shite in his farm, which, you know, it, that's kind of funny. And that's not point not what you expected was exactly going to happen. But yeah, the main storyline, it's by the numbers. They're still coloring inside the lines. Yeah. And this is just something that me as a film viewer, I'm trying to work on it a little bit where I do kind of. Like you said, with the introduction, I knew how this movie was going to go. Like, but then again, it's a children's movie. Yes, they're not going to kill the baby blue alien. No, the government doesn't get away. Like, this is just my issue. Sometimes I have trouble focusing on inside of the lines. What I will say really quickly, because I don't think I've said anything positive about this movie other than, like, it's slightly perturbing you, and that's why it's funny. Gorgeous animation. The animation in this movie is absolutely stunning, you know, and this was a direct to Netflix movie over here, which I don't even remember it being released. Christine, do you remember like a Shaun the Sheep movie being released on Netflix and it being even mentioned? No, but we also, you and I don't have children. So if it was marketed towards children, we would No, but like each week, like the new stuff on Netflix, you'll see even if it's not like, I mean, I feel like when Netflix signed with Aardman, it was was that a big deal over there in England? I guess this doesn't really matter too. No? Yeah. Not at all, because for us everything goes to the cinema. And then we all have them on Blu-ray and set since they've done the, the deal. I think the only film that's come out since then has been this one. And it yeah. went to cinemas here. It wasn't straight okay. to Netflix here. It was in cinemas. Um I just didn't go and see it at the time. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just they, that's like a very random kind of aspect, but I'm curious what will kind of be next from Netflix uh with regards to this because it was very high quality. Like it seemed I could I mean the animation was just like it did not look like they took you know shortcuts yeah now i think this happened in the last film released by our man a film called early man which was meant to be called early man united it's about football 
as you call it, soccer, but in the Stone Age, etc. But that's when Aardman realized they should be merging their stop motion and their CG. And that's where this film works really well. Not only is it great to look at in terms of the, the stop motion, which they've always been the best at, ever since, you know, the curse of where Rabbit Chicken Run Hell back in the 90s. They had stop motion with plasticine as, as good as you'll ever see it, but they now augment it. And there's some great, like, visual things they can now do with it. Like, I think one, one of my favorite scenes is where Sean and the alien, uh, Lula, are bouncing, is coming in and out of shot, moving along, and you realize they're on a trampoline, which she is telekinetically moving along with them. And I thought that was really, really cute and a really nice, just like little reveal, a really nice little moment. But they couldn't do that until the last 10 years. Before then, with the CG element of that, they wouldn't be able to pull it off. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed the animation. I'm just thinking, like, why, especially because this was right, it was before the pandemic. Like, it would made more sense, like, if this was during pandemic times to just release it right to Netflix just because nobody could go anywhere. So obviously we'd want to see a high-quality film, but... Yeah, no, the animation to this was absolutely stunning. I mean, there were, I, what I liked about this is there were times where like you didn't feel like it was stop motion and there were times where you could definitely tell it was, but it wasn't in like a janky way. It was like you appreciated that it was like, this is a stop motion film. Like you just got like that essence of watching like stuff that I used to watch as a child. And it was just like, I don't know, I feel like I had warm fuzzies watching some parts of this movie. It just made me feel happy because I liked the animation and I thought the story was really like touching at the end. So I liked it. I thought it was beautiful. I just didn't as much, but I You're just... Talking, can we just skip to the end? Because, like, the beginning yeah. was, like, you know, like, basically, like... There's only so that, much like, with this plot we can talk right. about. Right. I mean, like, the alien crash lands. He gets into right. some shenanigans with the sheep. Like, they bond over that they both like pizza. I love the dog. The dog was such a fucking buzzkill. I loved him. Yes. The <laughs> dog hated everything. <laughs> That's I mean, right. I'm the dog. I'm, yeah. I'm Aaron, Aaron the dog. Is the dog. Aaron yeah. is the buzzkill. <laughs> A moment where Sean goes into tone and they disguise her like a, a hobby horse in like yeah. some cotton wool and hard hat and pass him off as Sean and the dog just falls for it is amazing. Yeah, it's just like it's just like I can see some like the thing with British humor is they don't care if you can see the joke coming, they're gonna finish the joke because that's how you tell the joke. So like when you know, even at the beginning when Sean gets into the tractor which I love what a focus tractors are for this farmer. It's like his entire motivation for A combine harvester, thank you very much. Not just sorry, a tractor, harvester. that's a combine harvester. A combine <laughs> harvester. He's like looking at it like it's, a, like it's porn at one point. I kind of love that. I do like how they mix the children jokes with the adult jokes, like very unsettled. I appreciate that. But, you know, like with the combine harvester when Sean's using it and then he gives the key to the dog at the last second and the farmer comes out and like blames the dog. I'm like, oh, that's, that's silly. <laughs> that's just like the type of humor in this movie though. Like, yeah, I, I should have found a kid to watch this with. I should have went outside and been like, can I borrow your kid? I have to watch this movie, Sean the Sheep. Oh uh, it's the second one. So hopefully they've seen the first one. If not, they're going to be lost with me. I'll bring them back out in 90 minutes. And it's not Sean of the Sheep, so it's not a parody of Sean of the Dead. It is not a parody of Sean of the, Sean of the Dead or Armageddon. I was I not shocked by that fact. I kind of knew that going in. I just love that pizza is like a central theme in this. Like even when they were um in the spaceship and like pizza is just shooting out and then like yeah. all hell breaks loose and they like crash back down to Earth. It's just like I from there on, it's like the movie just became so captivating to me because it was just such this emotional thing because we knew now that like we were trying to get our little alien friend back to her parents or his parents i'm not actually sure the gender of this alien and then it was like you know it was sad because they failed and the ship was broken and the little alien tried to put it back together and it wouldn't work the powers didn't work anymore and then you know her picture didn't work and then the 
And of course, like the farmer's like, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened because I can up the price of my show because all these people just saw this happen and they're all coming this way. Like, this is the moment I've been waiting for because coincidentally, he's been working on Farmageddon for years and he had no idea that this, all of this was happening. Yeah, I agree. Uh, like, th th there are core themes, I feel. And they're about acceptance, I kind of feel. Acceptance seemed to extend family in second and final act. Like, you know, it, it's a good message for kids because, you know, there's a little alien who everyone is looking for and trying to capture. And Sean is like, no, we're going to get you home. We're going to help you. And that's the kind of key relationship throughout most of the movie. And I really like that. It is, it is a nice message. And then at the end, when it's revealed, say, it's a child, the importance of the family bond that, you know, getting her back and meeting the parents and all that kind of stuff. And then taking the farmer home because silly punchlines at the end of the movie where the farmer fell asleep on the spaceship and all, the, all that kind of stuff. It's very, it, it's very simple, but I, I think everything in that kind of core of it is effective. I, I would recommend this movie to pretty much anyone, but I think some people will think it's a 6 out of 10 and some will think it's a 10 out of 10. I think my favorite part about how it ended is the whole time we have this government agent I mean, and she, you know, she dressed in dark clothes and she never really smiled. So like the whole movie, you're thinking it's the typical trope of, you know, the government's trying to find the alien and they're going to experiment on them. And then you find out at the very end when the parents come down to get their kid that she had seen them as a child and like her whole life has now become finding them again. And I just thought that was like, it's like your lost love. Aaron, like, how did you not connect to that? You are all about like romanticizing bullshit. Like you love that stuff. Yeah, I do love romanticizing bullshit. You're right. It's not so I just want to point this out. I'm being a little bit harsh on this movie. I did not sit there with my arms folded, frowning the entire time. I was very aware this was nice. I just wouldn't put this on and watch this as the movie that was nice for me. Like I just wouldn't choose to put this on. But you didn't I, feel anything when that part happened. Like you, like your heartstrings weren't tugged when you were like this whole movie. We thought that this woman was the bad guy. That she, we needed to get the alien out of here before she found them. And then you find out that really she just wanted to find her alien friend that she met when she was a kid. That didn't yeah. make you feel like that's like Peter Pan shit right there. I was like, like I that's yeah, yeah. I it, it felt fine. For me, I felt that the movie was trying to make me feel emotions. And, like, again, it's a children's movie. This isn't a family movie. To me, this is a children's movie. And I do think there's a difference uh, between the two. And I don't mean that demeaningly. I just think that I would not be by myself or with a fellow adult and put on a Shaun the Sheep movie. This is like Minions to me. This is way better than Minions, though. If we're doing I don't even a very know you right now that you can tell me that you watched this movie and at the ending of this movie with the friendship and the acceptance I liked it, but and the long I mean, lost love, it was nice. It didn't mean anything to you. It I don't didn't... believe you. I don't believe you, and I'm calling bullshit. And I don't even know you right now. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm emotionally dead inside, I guess, because like I appreciated it. It was fine. I didn't think the ending botched. I thought the third act was the best act of this movie, frankly, yeah, and I, I would. Yeah, and that is like that is something that's really nice that I left this movie not looking for it to end because I, I left the movie wishing it was more like the third act throughout where there were some surprises. But by that point, my emotional kind of connection to the movie was pretty minimal. I was slightly emotionally perturbed at that point, not more so. So like for me, I understood it. I thought it was nice for kids to see that. That's beautiful. But for me, an adult watching it by myself, it didn't do much for me. Like, you know, it did affect me completely. Maybe not quite to the extent that you're saying on some of the scenes, but say the, the scene where she where it crashes and to say she's got the little 
Gillian's got a picture of her parents. I, th- I think it's a girl. I'm using her pronoun here. Uh, I thought it was a girl. She's got a picture with her parents, powered by electricity or whatever the alien equivalent is. And when that crashes and the light goes off and she can't see the picture of her parents anymore, and then her light-up ears just go off and she becomes almost grayscale. That was like proper... Wow, that is actually genuinely effective. As was the end, we know, when, massive spoilers, the parents come and get her, you know, and everything works out okay. But then it's A, really nice when she's in recounting the movie, but then what does she do? She runs over to Sean and pulls Sean over. This is my friend who helped me do it. And I found that genuinely, oh, that's really nice. It's not just a, she's going. It's a, I'm here, I'm safe, and this is the guy that looked after me and helped me, even though it's completely his fault that they crashed in the first place when they were going back, when they were flying the spaceship back originally. And so, yeah, that, that I, I did find that affecting. That being said, I would agree with Aaron, it's a kid's film, and of all the Aardman films, compared to like Wallace and Gromit, then the stop motion ones, compared to Wallace and Gromit, Chicken Run, Pirates and Adventure with Scientists, which I think are there holy trinity of their best movies and even to an extent early man early man is definitely aimed more as a family movie probably too much to an extent kids will not get a lot of the football jokes and things that are in that one this one is geared clearly towards the kids doesn't mean it's not accessible i really really enjoyed it but would i watch that again by myself probably not but if someone was over with a five-year-old i'm like oh i've got a great movie you're gonna really enjoy and i would gladly sit down and watch it again with them that being said the scene where they've got the the letters spelling out farmageddon across the top of the tower and they're trying to climb the tower and the letters are falling off one by one and we talked about the noise people make before but like the f falls and they go Fuck! the next one Ah, next one uh, for the R and then the M that, that was brilliant I loved that scene right down to the final O and the N which fall together spelling no <laughs> <laughs> again huh. that's how much I laughed at that huh. oh <laughs> like, my god it, you have no today it's that's funny it's funny. funny you weren't laughing out loud either Christina like come on I like to it's... laugh out loud but I don't I do a little bit more than a huh I, dude a huh by yourself is quite a bit of a reaction I am yeah. dead ass by myself watching this movie like a huh is it something like I'm by myself most of the time when I'm by myself I watch things like this yeah, well, I'm glad our listeners can. Uh, yeah, it's really good for them. That's my point. Media. Like, I just—that's my point. You didn't hear anything when you're by yourself. Are you going? Wah! No, like it's really hard to have a physical reaction to anything when you're by yourself. <laughs> I'm having a huh. Give me some credit here. In a yeah. movie that I'm convinced from the get-go was just stop-motion E.T., one of my least favorite movies ever. E.T., I hate it. You are so emotional. So the fact that this didn't get to you is just like, I am honestly- I've never been complained for I'm not getting emotionally moved by something. You should have been more- emo- I was emotionally moved and I'm dead inside when it comes to movies. You know I don't emotionally connect. And I emotionally connected at the ending of this because all I wanted was this poor alien to go back to their mom and dad. And the part- with the agent was so touching. I can't, I'm never forgiving you for this. This is terrible. We're in a fight probably after this. That's fine. That's fine. I was so worried that the alien wasn't going to be reunited with their family and the children. They could have made it that way. Aaron, maybe the alien was starting to start a new life. They never were. Right away when I saw the alien, the alien was getting back on the ship. You say that. That could have been an option where it joined the farm and ended up living there with Sean happily ever after. That is a possibility. I am but... so glad. That's the only worst ending they could have done. Like, if they would have done that, I would have given oh. this a zero. Speaking of endings, did you, how far did you watch this movie? Did you see either of the post-credit scenes? Yes, I saw both. 
Okay. The first one, first one is quite funny. It's a very obvious punchline. Did you understand the second one in the slightest as an so, American? Christina, did you watch the post credit scenes? Uh, no, as soon as it was over, I do. You want, so set, you set it. up the second one. Let's see in real time if Christine is able to get second it from the description. A man in those yellow hazmat suits. You know, the alien guy, the, the, the alien lady. Which also really looked like the ones from Monsters, Inc. I kept thinking that whenever they were on screen. It's like, that's the Monsters, Inc. bad guy outfit. But yeah, he comes on. He takes off his uh, hat and reveals a man with dark black hair who, and a round face, bit, look, looks a bit like me, really, who then starts playing a piano, playing the song Things Can Only Get Better by D. Ream, which you might know, you might not know. And Ooh, I'm a little... Sorry, maybe. And then the little, little sheep comes in and unplugs him. That is such a British joke, and I'm like, no, no one's going to get that. There's no way I got it. That man is Professor Brian Cox. To this day, the reason why Brian Cox in the UK could mean one of two people, but worldwide, you tend to it tend to be you know the guy who was in X Men too, and you know uh, uh, Mind uh, not Mind Hunter, what's it called, Manhunter? Yeah, him. Professor Brian Cox in a band called D Ream in the 1990s. He had a big hit with "Things Can Only Get Better, Can Only Get Better." That's that's right. You might have heard it. Number one hit in the UK. It was then taken by Tony Blair for his campaign to become Prime Minister in 19. 97 and that really made it like a cultural phenomenon over here brian cox then went on to become he hosted shows on bbc one and bbc two about stargazing and extraterrestrials and just generally the night sky for about 15 years following that so he's like a full-on household name in the uk and he was in that band and so they basically that final joke is who is the only famous astrologer we have in the uk that people might reference ah he can be working with the alien lady and then the sheep's like now nah, go away and it's just such a it's not even that funny a joke and it's just, it could not be more only appealing to British people. And it's strange in that sense. It's not that accessible at certain parts of this movie. Like right down to the, the opening scene, the camera lingers on where the alien craft is landing, a place called Mossingham Forest. Do you get that reference? Nope. That's a reference to a football team, Nottingham Forest, who are my football team, who won the European Cup twice in the 80s and things like that. But it's like, they're not a Man U or a Man City. If you're not in the UK, you're not going to get the reference to Nottingham Forest, really, unless you were really following football. <laughs> three decades ago so basically these movies have stayed british even as they become more global kind of at this point with hardman being kind of a more global brand they've still uniquely british you could say i would say so but yeah no this film had a claim like you know i think it's 96 percent on rotten tomatoes it was up the oscar for animated feature it lost to soul soul's okay soul's okay i like soul but you're not beating pixar that's the problem that's it's an honor to be nominated. But yeah, I think <laughs> with the exception of Early Man, all of our man's films have either been nominated for or won Best Animated Feature at the Oscars since it came out. Since that category was made, I think Chicken Run was before that category was a thing. That yeah, was I mean, Chicken Run is still a movie people from who grew up like Christine and I's age will still talk about. Like we were kids when that movie came out. I remember I watched that one and I'm like, this is very dark. And there isn't that darkness in this at all. Like, Not at all. Like, like towards the like start of Chicken Run, where a chicken literally gets beheaded in silhouette. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, and that's kind of what I was expecting was like the winks and the nods to the adults to be more kind of gratuitous, I guess you could say, or adult. And then they were. It's a children's movie throughout, which is why again I say it's a children's movie. I don't mean it as an insult. I mean it no. just as kind of a matter of fact, and like. Including the humor towards the adults is like, this is what it looks like in 2001. Remember 2001? Here's the theme. You saw it once. Come on. 
Like that's you know, so. so many of them. Like when they're going into the alien base, and yeah. it's do 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 to get yeah. in. There's <laughs> X file. There's X file. X file theme. Yeah, like and it, and it's like there's probably tons more. I'm not a huge sci-fi fan, like fan in general. So I'm sure there's a bunch of Captain America. I rep- recognize that reference moments that I'm missing out on. But they're not like done in a way where it's like kids, you shouldn't get this. This is for the adults. It's Here's a kid's joke for the adult. Like, so I, I respect that, even if it's not my preference. I I respect that. All right. Do you think we're ready for our closing thoughts and ratings? Yeah, I think so. I think just in general, this was more of a general discussion about Ardman and about this movie. Because, it, again, the plot itself is alien gets lost, take care of the alien, introduce the alien to the world. Alien gets reunited with family. So I'll give my kind of closing thoughts first, uh, since it's, you know, go get the negative out of the way. I'm pro- obviously the most negative of the three of us here about this one. I think my mind uh, did get changed a little bit as this movie came into the third act. Uh, the third act with the surprises, I did appreciate um, with the agent trying to find her friend. That was a very kind of sweet, touching moment. There were points where I chuckled mildly to myself, which is something. No, the emotional beats did not hit me as much as they hate Christina, which, uh, like, I didn't think I'd say that this entire year, but I guess, congratulations, Christina, 44 weeks in, we finally have a movie. You were more emotional about than me. It is, yeah. I never thought it would happen. It's Sean the Sheep Farmageddon. That adds up completely. (laughs) Like, that makes sense. Not Funny Girl, not, you know, these, not like hanging up one of your, like none of these other movies where I found a way every single week to be more emotionally moved, more impacted. You did it, Christina. You finally did it. I did. This conversation, uh, you, yes, go ahead. Your rating, what do you got? Yeah, no, this conversation, obviously, five-star conversation. I never rate the conversations here because otherwise it'd be the same rating every week, frankly, uh, except for Deep Blue Sea Week. We don't talk about Deep Blue Sea Week. <laughs> but 1.5 out of five is going to be my rating here. I oh just my didn't, God. I just didn't dig it. For me, it, if this was my first Hardman film, I wouldn't have watched another one, which I've heard great things about Pirates. I will watch Pirates eventually. I loved Chicken Run, Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Were-Rabbit. I also enjoyed it in love. This movie, to me, I just was like, yeah, you know, like uh, it, it just did, it whelmed me. And this conversation made me appreciate it much more. But I can't just rate a movie much higher than that because I thought the animation was good. And I thought the rest of it was a story that had been told before. Oh, my so. God. I'm, I, wow. Wow. Okay, John, wow. we're going to save you for last since you are our guest here. Yeah, so I don't care if the trope has been done, the movie was predictable. I found this film to be lovely. Like, it gave me all the warm fuzzies. The animation reminded me of my childhood. And I know I say a lot of times, like, I have a hard time as an adult sometimes connecting to themes about, you know, younger people because I'm just not in that point in my life. But this just brought me back. I thought, yeah, it was predictable. Yeah, but it, it did, the humor was different than what I'm used to. The story was told a different way. I thought the ending was so touching and it just made you happy at the end. Um, I'm giving this four stars. I really... Really, really enjoyed this and i cannot actually believe you i've like i'm honest to god shocked there were definitely parts that i thought were weird i did not like the mumbling i just parts of this i did have a hard time connecting but overall this was a very very good film and this was a very enjoyable experience i agree it's lovely there's something wrong with me sometimes when things are just pleasant and lovely it bothers me to such a degree that it's not rational well you don't it's not about you anymore 
John is going to give us his. You're correct. Yes, please. <laughs> Save this podcast. Sure. Going back to your point about what Aardman to watch, I would agree with your point. If you're an adult wanting to get into Aardman, the bet is not that much Aardman. The holy trinity of the films, I would say, would be Chicken Run, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit, and Pirates and Adventurous Scientists. The other fourth one I would add to this is a short film, which won the Oscar back in the 80s, I think it was, or the early 90s, Wallace and Gromit in The Wrong Trousers which is probably the most famous Wallace and Gromit short or th- thing in the UK. And probably, I think, the best thing Iron Man's ever done. It contains literally my favorite joke of all time, which is Penguin puts a rubber glove on his head and the posters then say, have you seen this chicken? And that joke will always stay with me. It's just the stupidest, wonderful it is thing very I can stupid. think of. But pulling back to this one, it is vanilla. It is you going through. You see where the beats are going to come. And for me, nothing really shocked me. Even the little twist with the head of the Ministry of Alien Defense, or mm-hmm. MAD, as, as the acronym says. I kind of saw coming in that sense. It's a very straightforward journey, but I liked almost everything along the way. Mm-hmm. So it's a very pretty walk, almost down a road you've already been on before but it still looks very pretty i laughed probably more than either of you um i think the humor maybe is a brit it's humor that i'm used to growing up i say chicken run and the early walls and it really did shape my humor that things like blackadder when we when i was a kid watching that all the time and a lot of that did come through here it's completely worth a watch if you like stop motion if you uh, if you like or if you just like happy films especially if you've got a five-year-old around but it's not the best art man to watch or the best animated film to watch but that said i had a great time and Lula is incredibly cute, and I might get a soft toy and give that to my dog of Lula for some someone her to play with the alien. My rating system that I normally use myself is that 10 out of 10 is exclusively, or 5 out of 5 is exclusively for my like four or five favorite films of all time, and then nine would be, and then four, then four and a half stars is for my truly great films. Yeah. I'd probably give this three and a half as a result. Three and a half stars out of five. I really liked it. And I would say I would watch it again if there was ever a kit nearby, but I probably wouldn't sit down and watch it again. And because of that, I can't give it a four star. All right. Well, Christina is our highest rater this week uh, with the little kids film. Not coming. Sean the Sheep. Sean the Sheep, the movie Farmageddon, whatever it's called. Average rating this week, a three out of five. I think that is completely fair. What, what, what? You said Sean the Sheep Farmageddon, whatever it's called. Sean the Sheep movie Farmageddon. A Sean the Sheep movie Farmageddon? Is that what it's called? What is the title? Yeah. It's a Sean the Sheep movie, just like any generic Sean the Sheep movie. Farmageddon. And you I just... say whatever it's called. You know what? I rated this a 1.5 out of 5, people. I'm not going to keep it too much in my brain mass. Sorry. 3 out of 5, I think, is completely reasonable for a movie that was paint-by-numbers about an alien invasion, which apparently Christina's shocked by the third act somehow. Uh, But either way, Jonathan, I have to first of all thank you um, for walking us through kind of uh, Ardman's place in British kind of entertainment and just, I mean, it's amazing how things are huge over there. We talked to you or Tony about it, and your guys are like, I don't know what you're saying. Blue's Clues, for example. I can't imagine somebody growing up and not knowing what Blue's Clues was, yet here we are. I was saying this earlier. The big one over here, just culturally, that you guys have in the comedy world and we don't, is Adam Sandler. He is just <laughs> not a star over here. Like That's we have like, a few of his films have been reasonable hits. Most people have heard of Happy Gilmore, but in terms, or a, a few of my mates have seen it. But that, that period, like where everyone in, in America 
went out to go and watch Grown Ups 2, and it didn't yeah. make the top 20 over here for that right, week. You're so, you're like, so lucky for that. Yeah, um, really. And, I, and I'm an Adam Sandler fan. But honestly, great conversation here. Um, really appreciate you coming on for this. Christina, we are going into week 45 next week. I think we should save our movie pick for a surprise because it's a main character over 60. And I just feel like you and I are going to get into a real hot debate over this. So I think that yep. should be done off. I mean, honestly, as we've been going on with the season here at Digesting Cinema, three, four, five times now we've suggested a movie. In the middle of the week, we've changed it anyways. So, yeah, this is going to be our cliffhanger. This is one's going to take a little more research. Also, you can't really Google character over 60 movie and find it very easily. So we're actually going to hold off on our recommendations and you're going to just find out next week when the episode's released what we're watching jonathan uh where can people find you online for more kind of jonathan i know it's a weird way of putting it i mean i do a few videos of these kind of things and whatever i just like talking about films when people will have me do yeah anyone doing anything they want to discuss movies i will always be happy to chat then facebook probably the best way to contact you for that kind of stuff yeah i'm on facebook i'm in some other groups so you'll so find jonathan me. knowles or look him up on uh, feature presentation productions he makes appearances over there uh christina we're getting to the end of uh it's time for the stars comeback, all right? And enough of these jokes with Listen, your 16 points. Comeback time, baby. This is it. Stars. This is our moment. And by comeback, I mean we have a chance to not be in last place. Maybe seventh but place. It's, small. it's a small chance, but it's possible, guys. We are not mathematically out of. Buy your merch. Buy your merch. Yeah, buy your merch, guys. We're definitely <laughs> not going to get first place, but we might not be in last. Might. I say that as a might. Oh, but uh, The falling stars. Yeah, it's I yeah I I mean I I earned one whole negative point for them, so that that was exciting. So I'm really glad I was part of the downfall. <laughs> not negative um, two though. Not negative two. No no no. So yeah, but yeah. So. I have zero points in the Schmodown still. Uh, you still can't find me on there. Christian unblock me. Um, but <laughs> you know, I'm just kidding. Keep me blocked. You'll see me back here next week. Digesting cinema. That's where you can find me. Christina is ready to kill me. So I'm gonna go ahead. And wrap this one up. I'm getting that red light. I'm getting the buzz in my ear. I'm getting the come on sign from the uh, producers. For Aaron, for Christina, for Jonathan, we're digesting cinema. Keep digesting cinema and keep mumbling because we're people and we can't talk. <laughs>